Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. I'm in the book of Mark, chapter number 10. That's a good book. Yeah, he loves that. And named after that book, aren't you, brother? Book of Mark, chapter number 10. And I probably give Dustin the wrong scripture. I said, uh, I think I told him uh, 20, but it's in 23. Mark, chapter number 10, verse 23. When you found it, shout amen. amen. And Jesus looked round about. And saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answereth again and saith unto them, Children, notice first he's speaking to disciples. Now he calls them children to make it more personable. How hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus looking upon them saith, With men... It is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Father, I love you. Thank you for this day, for the wonderful singing this morning, the sweet spirit of God. Lord, we pray that you would bless those that are out today. God, we have a multitude of people out with sickness today. We pray you would be with them. God, those watching on live stream, I pray you touch them. Our kids traveling in from the trip this weekend, Lord, give them safe passage. But God, I pray that at this time you'd fill my mouth and guard my tongue. You'd preach me inside the bounds of the Holy Writ. And I'd be accurate in the scripture. I'm praying, God, that you'd just illuminate my mind with times that I have studied this in past days. For God, I have not freshened my mind on this message. I need you, Lord. I pray you use me. I pray you save some lost soul here today. And I pray you be glorified in everything that's done. I'll bless you, praise you, ask it in my king's name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. And amen. For what is impossible, there's things that are impossible with man. There's, there's, we have limitations in this flesh. And we would have to say that sometimes it seems our mission is impossible. But praise God, the Lord's never met a mission yet that was impossible for him. He's never come up on anything he couldn't do. He's never run into a question he couldn't answer. He's never seen anything that he couldn't heal. There's never been anything too broken for him. He is God, Elohim, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha. He's my healer. He's my helper. There's never been anybody like him. I say bless the name of the Lord. Praise God. I'm glad there's nothing. Nothing impossible with God today. 
We see here in Mark chapter number 10 just a couple of things that I'm reminded of. First, we see him dealing with the matter of marriage. That'll kill, that'll quieten the crowd nowadays. That'll make offerings low in revival and people find other churches to go to when you start preaching about that. But it wasn't Mike McCoy that put it in there, what God joined asunder, let not man, or what, let not man put under what God has joined. It wasn't me that put that in there. It's what the book says. And he deals with the matter of marriage. I'm telling you, it's still one man and one moment till the day they die according to the word of God. Now, I know there's exceptions. Moses give a bill of divorcement. God said if the unbeliever depart, let them depart. There's an exception for fornication. There are the exceptions. And Paul gives some by permission in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. But I tell you, it's ideal in the eyes of God. Young people, listen to the preacher this morning. When you get married, plan on it for now and forever. And that, that those that have made mistakes in the past, you can't relick the calf. So you just straighten up and fly right. I'm glad that 1 John 1 and 9 is still in the Bible. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Bless God, I believe the blood can do it today. We see the matter of marriage, but then we see this. We see a young man with manners. Hey, this is one of the best men in the Bible, and he went away lost. This young man showed up. If this young man was to knock on a daddy's door and say, I want to go out with your daughter, and he run this line of questions by him, do you love your mom and daddy? Oh, yeah, I honor my mother and my father. Do you ever commit adultery? No, I have not. Are you a thief? No. You ever made, you ever defrauded anyone? No, I've never done that. What have you, you mean? You've done all these? He said, I've done all these things from my youth up. That mom or daddy would say this, you're a good boy. I believe you're the right one for my daughter. But when Jesus looked on him with compassion, he knew his heart, and he went away sad because he had great riches. He said, you got it all right, but one thing. Go sell what you have, give to the poor. You have riches in heaven. Follow me. And he went away sad or grieved. Why? Because he had, he had great things. He had a bunch of stuff. Then Jesus comes and these guys are wondering, hey, nobody can be saved now. We've seen him deal with marriage. We've seen him deal with a, 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 a man, young man with manners. And we, we find this though then. We're looking at this here. We're looking for a miracle because he's talking about doing some things that, that men can't do. And here's, here's what they say. And this, is, this is paraphrasing. This is in hillbilly for my Ohio friends. This is hillbilly lingo right here. Ain't nobody can be saved. If that be the change, I mean, if you can't have, if you can't have, I want us to understand this. The the disciples that he chose, Peter and John and, 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 and the majority of those guys, they weren't paupers. They had, they had some means. They had ships. They had servants. Matthew's a tax collector. He worked for the IRS. He's got all kinds of money. And if they ain't got enough, they'll create 800,000 or 80,000 more jobs so they can hire some more of them. 
And they got means. And they're thinking, hey, if you can't do it, nobody's going to be able to be saved. Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to be saved or for a man with riches. Or I want you to look closely. I never, I never really caught this until this morning early. And first he said, children, how, he said, how hardly, in verse 23, how hardly shall they that have, it's hard for them to do it, enter in the kingdom of God. And then he says, it's hard for them that trust in riches. How hardly. And then he asks, it's them that trust in the riches. I'm going to tell you this morning, your money can't get you to heaven. And I know what we're thinking here and amongst this group. We're thinking, hey, listen, there's not a lot of rich people in here today. Do you know if you've got any money in the bank at all, you're among the top 8% of the wealthy of the world? Globally, not in Crossville, but globally, if you've got any money in the bank, you're among the 8% of the top wealthy of the world. You're richer than you think you are. And I'll tell you what we got. We got so much stuff, we're like the guy, we're having to build bigger barns to put it in. If we don't have a bigger barn, we'll rent something somewhere so we can store it up over there. And we just keep getting stuff. My wife talking about what she's going to buy the boy for Christmas. I said, don't buy him nothing. Give him a cardboard box. Wrap it up when it's empty. Say, hey, that's for you to get in and play. He'll be tickled to death. He'll kick that box all over the house. I'll turn it over and hide him in it. Say, that's your hiding box. Hey, brand new game, hiding box. I've been with him for a week. I'm starting to think like a three-year-old. Let's make it shiny. He'll like it. I never, hey, there's nothing in it. No, it's because you're going to get in it. Oh. We got stuff. We got stuff and then we got more stuff and we're wealthy. And there's nothing wrong with having stuff. It's when stuff has you that you've got a problem. If you're at the place where your stuff has you, you've got a problem. Now, I know that God, nothing's impossible with God. The mission would it be impossible for us, but it's not impossible with God. God can take a camel. He said it's easier for a camel to go through the eyes of a needle than for a rich man who's trusting in his riches to enter into the kingdom of God. But if God wanted a camel to go through the eye of a needle, he could take that thing by the hoof and begin to stretch on it. He could stretch that thing out, brother Darrell, get about the size of a hair, cram it through that needle, and poof, it'd pop out on the other side. So you believe he could do that? I believe there's nothing that God can't do. I believe if God wanted me to live to be 500 years old, I could be the world record breaker. I'm, I, I don't expect to see 90. I've seen 90-year-olds. Let me tell you, 90 ain't that good. But God can do anything he wants to do anytime he wants to do it. He can make you big, small. He can make you brilliant or not so brilliant. There's never been a world leader that ever faced up to God that he, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. He holds him like that. He turns our minds and our hearts. Aren't you glad that he softened your heart that you'd want to be saved? Aren't you glad that he come? Aren't you glad that he come to where you was and said, you know what? I'll take you. I'll take you. 
He come where I was. I wasn't fit to kill. He said, I'll take you just like you are. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that he come? Aren't you glad, Brandon, that he found you where he did and washed you off and praise God put you in the family of God? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God's done something with you and for you and does it every day? There's some things, there's some things that's impossible with us, but everything's possible with God. Listen. Let me just throw some things come to, as it comes to my mind. There's not a sickness that you're going to face that God can't heal. I didn't say he would heal it. I said he could heal it. Because one of these days there's going to be a sickness going to come my way or something. Maybe an accident. I don't know what it's going to be. Ryan, I don't know. You work in a dangerous job. Your job's pretty dangerous lifting that high stuff all the time. You better be careful. We don't know what's going to get us. We're driving down the road. We're six feet from death every time we meet a car. We don't know what's going to come our way. But listen, something's going to take me out. But there's not one sickness come my way that my God can't heal. Well, Dad and Mary Lou hadn't been married long. And uh, that's Clella's sister, Mary Lou. We don't see her much around here anymore. And that's a shame. She needs to come to church. They hadn't been married very long. And my daddy, Kate, was diagnosed with cancer. Mama died of cancer. She was 47. I don't ask God for many miracles. I can count them on that hand how many miracles I've asked God for in my life. And I, I, I just don't ask him for miracles. It's up to him. I pray for his will and let it go. But there's been a few times. And this is one of them. And I went in the prayer room, Tommy. I got in my place where I pray. I hope you got a sanctified place where you pray. If you don't, go home and establish one this afternoon. Make that your place of prayer. Say, God, this is my place now. This is, my, this is where I'm going to meet with you. This is like the mercy seat. And I went in my place of prayer. And I, I crawled in there like a little boy. I pray under a singer sewing machine. It's got four legs. I grabbed two legs of it. It's like the horns of the altar. And I'm praying underneath that singer sewing machine. And I asked the Lord, I said, God... Now, it, it, it must have been your will. Mom left at 47, and Dad, I don't know what he was then, but he, weren't, he wasn't real old. Probably my age that I am now, to be honest. And I said, I said I'm going to ask you for something. I don't ask you for many miracles, Lord. You know I don't, but I'm going to ask you for one right here. I'm asking you to heal my daddy because I'm going to be selfish, and I want you to let him be around for a little longer. Oh, he never did see, he never seen Colin. I'm so sorry for that. But just let him be around a little longer. Would you let him be around a little longer? And I'm telling you, I don't always hear it like this, Gordon. But sometimes I know when he says yes. I got up from prayer, and I'm telling you, the holy hand of heaven said, I'm going to grant that. I knew right then there wasn't a doubt in my mind. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, friends. It's impossible to please him without faith. I had faith. I come out of the room. I told my wife, I said, praise God, dad's going to be okay. She said, he's not even been, to the, been back to the doctor yet. I said, I've already been to the doctor. He's going to be all right. Now, we went to a doctor, and they did a surgery. But I, how many knows that that's not always 100%? And we're sitting there in the office chair of that waiting room that day. And 
And the doctor came out and they all jumped up and ran over to him. Mary Lou said, don't you want to talk to the doctor? I said, I already talked to the doctor and he said he's okay. And the doctor said, he's going to be okay. I said, I knew that before we got here. You don't have a sickness that he can't heal. There's not a sorrow that he can't comfort. Yesterday's Veterans Day, or was it Friday? I don't even know what day it is. Friday. I saw your post, Dave. That's a, that a great post. That's a great post. You and Tom look like babies. That's a great post. But when, when that day comes around, when anniversaries come around, when holidays come around, and that place is empty at the table, and you just don't think you can take it anymore, and it's not the same, and it won't be the same, but it may not be the same now, but it'll be better one of these days. You're looking around wondering, how in the world am I going to get through this? I'm telling you, there hasn't a sorrow taken you that he can't comfort you through. Praise God. He was tempted like we are, yet without sin, he felt every infirmity, every pain, every heartbreak. His father even turned away from him. Jesus was in the darkest place that any human on the face of this earth has ever been in. And he went through it. So praise God, I'll never be alone. I'll never be in that place where it gets too dark that he's not there. There won't be a sorrow that he can't comfort. I'm done with this right here. And there'll never be a sinner that he can't save. There'll never be a sinner that he can't save. If you've never been saved this morning, he'd bid you come. He'd bid you come. Jake Shader, hold your hand up, son. Look right there. You see that young man right there? That scrapping, handsome young man. You see him from whatever many years ago it was. When Pat and I brought him to a vacation Bible school and his sister from that time until a couple months back when he got saved this preacher prayed for that boy right there all them years these names on the list that I have Jason that I'm, I've been praying for for years and every now and then when I get to thinking hey this ain't never going to save him Praise God, Jake Shader shows up, comes to an altar of prayer, calls upon the name of the Lord, and then asks, says he needs to be baptized. Praise God, ain't that good? Hey, listen, just the time you think he's not going to answer, you just keep on praying. There's not a sinner that he can't save. <laughs> I'm telling you, the blood is sufficient to cover the sin. He can save from the darkest, praise God, to the biggest. It doesn't matter if you're lost, he can save you. You know the only thing keep you from being saved? You. You're the only thing. The Bible said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
What do we say from the wrath to come? Saved. <laughs> Saved from sin. Praise God. Isn't that good? Understanding this today. That if you shall confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. Thou shalt be saved. Can I ask you, unsaved friend in here this morning? Do you know? Hey, I'm telling you, this is not the message. I, 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 this is not, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't even, I just barely prayed over this message before I left the house because I knew I wasn't going to get to preach what I'd studied. Unsaved friend, can I ask you today, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? The answer to that is absolutely, or you wouldn't be in church today. Unless you just come to see the show. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Do you believe that he died on an old rugged cross for the sin of the world? Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that? Do you believe that he come and he died? Do you believe that he rose the third day? That's, that's why we celebrate Resurrection Day in the spring of the year. Do you believe that? That he rose the third day? Praise God. Do you believe that he ascended to heaven and he's coming back one day? If you check those boxes this morning, the only thing that's keeping you from being saved is coming and saying, Lord, be merciful. You don't need to be able to quote John 3, 16. You don't have to quote John 3, 16. If that verse doesn't even mean anything to you, it's okay. If you know and you believe and, and, and you understand that you are a sinner without Christ, if you'll come and say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner, that's what he'll do. And I know people say, you don't have to come up front to be saved. Let me tell you a little story. Christine heard me tell this one time. She said, you got partway through that story. I wasn't going for that. The old evangelist was at a church, and you learn this through the years, Brother Dennis. You can see conviction. I've seen it so much. I remember the first time God showed it to me over an old sanctuary, and, 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 and I thought, what is wrong with that guy? And the Holy Ghost said, do you know what's wrong with him? And I'm staring at him. It was like the only face in the building I could see that day leading the singing. And I'm looking, and I just I, I, it's like I'm slow, but when I get it, I got it. I said, Lord, God, he needs to be saved. And the, the lightning went, you got it. You can see conviction. The old preacher was preaching, the young lady standing about the third, fourth row back. He could see the conviction on her. He went back to her. He said, young lady, would you like to be saved tonight? That's back when we used to go back to them. I don't do that very often, but when, when I do, I mean, God has to put it on my heart. I went back to him, or, or the, the preacher went back to him and said, would you like to be saved tonight? She said, she said, yeah, I would, but said, I, I want to be saved right here. He said, no, you can't be saved. She said, I don't want to go up front. He said, well, come up front and you can be saved. I don't want to. He said, you can't be saved. He'd come up. And he could next night come back. So the young lady's in the same spot. He gets up and preaches, same thing, conviction all over. He goes back to her and said, would you like to be saved tonight? I'm not going up front, but if I can be saved right here. So he said, you can't be saved. Third night, she come back. He went back to her last time. He said, would you like to be saved tonight? She's weeping. She's broken. She said, I'll be saved here. I'll be saved up there. 
I'll be saved out in the parking lot. I don't care where it is or who sees it. If I can just get saved, he said, you can be saved right here. You want to pray? Now you can be saved right here. You got to get lost before you can get saved. When you get lost enough, you won't care to come up front. Whosoever shall call upon him shall not be ashamed. That's what the book said. Listen, you won't care to come up front. You'll know you're lost. You'll know who it is dealing with you. You'll peel out, come up, kneel down, call on the name of the Lord and say, God, be merciful to me, an old sinner. You need to do that today. I went back to three men in this church in 21 years as pastor. One of them sat right there about where Michael Asbury sat. And to this day, that man's not saved. Another one was your brother-in-law. He's sitting right there about where that brother's at. And I went and talked to him. He wouldn't move that night. And I don't know that Red left this world ready to meet God. He would not move that night. When I knelt down to pray, his face come right there in my face. And I just quit praying and got up and went straight to him. He was weeping and I begged him to come. He said, no, I'm not going. And I'm afraid, Paul, that's how he died. Another man, the other night, and I'm going to mention his name because maybe he's watching this. Clyde Adkins was sitting right there where Nikki's at. I walked back there, I knelt down to pray, God showed me the face. I went back there and I put my arm around him and Clyde started to cry. Clyde don't ever cry. And Clyde started to cry. And I said, Clyde, I love you. Won't we take a little walk up front and you call on the name of the Lord and be saved. You know what he said? I just can't do it, Mike. Not right now. I stopped by his house the other evening. I thought, I'll pull in here and get him when nobody's here. He's, I'm telling you, God's not going to work it that way. I walked in the room, no conviction, none at all. Talked to him, said, Clyde, you could be saved right here. One of these days, we're going to have a serious talk, Mike. I was being serious right then. See, the Bible said, now. Is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Not next week, not an hour from now. You don't know what you're going to get home. It's now, it's right now. It's right now. It's right now. It's right now. God says right now. He said, hey, that preacher's told you enough. Jesus died. They sing enough. Praise God, it's well with my soul. My sin, not in part, but the whole. Glory to God. The blood's been shed. Christ died for, for me and for you and for the sin of the world. He rose again the third day. And he done that so men could call on him through the age and be gloriously saved and have a home in heaven where this thing will play something soft on. I want you to stand to your feet all over the house. Pastor Mike McCoy. Thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.